0: feel free to go to my store on my website at www.healingvitality.ca. Thanks so much for coming on this journey with me. So today I'm super excited because I get to connect and spend time with somebody I've known for a little over 10 years. And she's gone through the process of figuring out coming on my podcast in a unique way so I I think it was cool to that she said yes. So welcome Shelley Fowley and thank you again for coming to my podcast today.
1: My pleasure Heather.
0: So Shelly my favorite question is tell us about yourself.
1: So I'm originally from St. John New Brunswick and after 33 years of being in Ottawa, Ontario, Halifax, Nova Scotia, and most recently Moncton, I have moved back home. And I have literally moved back home because I'm in the house that I grew up in. So from a personal standpoint, I've been married for a little over 33 years and I have a German shepherd named Zola. And although we don't have any children, my sister was gracious enough to have three girls that she has shared with me. And so part of the reason that has brought me back home is we now have two little babies in the family. So it's great to be here and to be close from both an opportunity to enjoy them, but as well help out as needed. Uh, From a business perspective, my company is Skill Dimensions. And I started Skill Dimensions in 1998. I came from the telecommunications world and my background was primarily in sales and sales leadership from an education standpoint. So I started a training and consulting company that focuses mostly on sales or service organizations and the leadership of sales leaders as well as skills for frontline sales, and service personnel. So, that's me.
0: That's you in a nutshell, but I know more than that. So, (laughs) you have also have this unique way of celebrating your birthdays. Do you want to describe to people what you do when you celebrate some birthdays?
1: Well, the big birthdays, the ones that uh, end in five or zero, I like to put a little research into it and do something that is going to challenge me in that year either physically or mentally. So, when I turned 40, I did a bike trip through France. And uh, most recently, I've done three now. Three Habitat for Humanity Global Builds with a uh, a very good friend of mine from from Halifax who leads Builds around the world. So, my first build was in Macedonia in Europe, and then I did Africa at the next birthday that I had. And then, my most recent birthday, I did a build in Fiji, which was incredible.
0: Hmm. And we even know a mutual friend, yes, or two, maybe even who have done these builds with you, which I always think is cool. I grew up with Suzanne Dittmar. In yeah. Nova Scotia, and then come to find out, she's done some builds with you. I think so. It's like, well, she leads them. Okay, uh, she
1: leads them. I'm not sure if she was the lead she or not. One, yeah, typically she does one every year. And uh, when we we met and we're working together in Halifax, that just was part of something that I always wanted to do. And the first one that I went she she talks about you, you do a build and you get hepatitis that you just have to do another one because it is it is really incredible.
0: So you get to travel to cool uh-huh. places that you don't necessarily put on a map or, or make an intention to go to. Can we back up we're just gonna dive into a little bit of the intuition part here because I think that you don't just randomly pick. Oh, I'm gonna do that for your your birthday without having some intuitiveness to it, because there's so many other big things you could have done. So, what drew you to Habitat for, for Humanity?
1: Well, there was the the physical part of it of being able to build a house. That to me was somewhat of a, a challenge, and that's what I that's what I want to do when I when I celebrate entering into a big year. And it's also the fact that it's, it's a way for me to give back in a, in a meaningful way. And even though it is a, a charitable endeavor, what you take from it and, and what it gives you, which I think is, is pretty powerful in terms of, we're, we're very fortunate to live in the country, in the province that we live in in terms of everything that is 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 here for us and when you travel on a habitat trip you're certainly not staying in a a five-star hotel or or anything like that you're living very modestly and yet you're living in so much comfort compared to the neighborhood or the area that you're going into where you're building house for someone who who doesn't really have anything like for an example this past year when we went to Fiji when we pulled into where we were building the house there was a a lean-to which looked like it was a, a place for animals to be sheltered from from whatever and the shock of finding out that this wonderful woman that we're building a house for a grandmother who is raising two of her grandchildren and her son-in-law is living with her um, because her his wife is is working on another island in a in a resort this was where they were living every day she was coming over she was feeding us our mid-morning break our lunch and just the amount of graciousness and kindness that she was she was showing us and here we are we're we're working away putting up the the foundation for her home then the walls and just that that whole experience of living with her every day as as we're we're both you know working together her taking care of us us taking care of her it was really incredible
0: Mm, Now, how many people would be on that trip with you?
1: I believe that we there were 12 of us on the Fiji build, and and mostly women.
0: And from all over the world, or...? or All
1: over Canada. All over Canada? All over Canada on that particular build.
0: Okay. And And
1: ranging in ages from 70 years old to mid-20s.
0: Cool. And so... How do the supplies get to Fiji to build a house? Like, the, I would think that there's a big organizational side to this. <laughs> in terms
1: of, and that's, yeah. what, that's what Suzanne does.
0: Okay. Suzanne, okay.
1: As, as being a trip leader, she will decide based on where the opportunities are in terms of projects that Habitat have around the world. She chooses the location and she will post uh, on the Habitat site what uh, the dates, where she's going, the details associated with it, and you sign up. She interviews you for it and selects a team. She's very selective about who she puts together on a team in terms of making sure that she's got good diversity of backgrounds, ages, and we come together as a team, we meet in the location that we're in, she preps us for what it is that we're going to do, um, and, uh, and then we load up in a van and we go to the work site, and we work for, generally speaking, it's uh, at least a week or a week and a half.
0: To build a structure
1: to build, up. and and in this case, when we were in Africa, we built two houses for two families. And in Fiji, we built this one house and an outbuilding, which was a, a bathroom laundry area. So she had a sink for, for washing her clothes, a shower, and a, and a toilet. And that's the first time in, in a Habitat build that I actually did, did plumbing work.
0: So where do, you, where do you guys all get training to do this? Like, who's the contractor supervising you all? <laughs> That's always well, fascinated me. There's an on-site
1: foreman who works with us and gives us our direction and shows us what it is that, that we need to do. And sometimes there'll be, there'll be individuals who come to the build, and we had one of the guys on the Fiji build who, who had some background and some, some experience, which we all, we all drew upon in terms of, of being able to, to help us and give us a little bit more direction on something that we hadn't necessarily done before. Uh, I had, when we were in Africa, the foreman that was working on, on that job showed me how to shine cement in terms of being able to put a cement floor down. So I became the, the person that did all the cement work for the bathroom that we were building. And it was interesting, the foreman of that job said, how did you learn to do this? I said, well, you know, there was a man named Peter in Africa that showed me how to do this. So from one build to the next, you, you build that experience that you you bring to the next one.
0: Cool. Very cool. And what drew you to Habitat again? Like, did somebody put it on your radar screen or how did it well, show Suzanne up? Well,
1: Suzanne did. The, the fact that she would be going every year, taking her vacation from work to to go and and give back and lead these trips and come back with the most incredible stories and, and of course, just seeing the pictures that, that she had and primarily the pictures of the kids that were around the work site and the individuals that she would have been building, the family she'd be building the, the homes for. And, I, and it just struck me, that's something that I have to do on one of my birthdays. One of my big birthdays, that's what I want to do. And, and part of the reason why I choose it to do that in a birthday year is, you know, I don't want to wake up in the morning of my birthday and go, oh my gosh, I'm 60 years old. I want to look forward to that and being able to do that for that year and, and do something that is, as I said, something that's either going to physically or mentally challenge myself for that year. It gives me something to look forward to and celebrate that year.
0: Very cool. I think it'll probably resonate with a few people that'll hear this podcast. That's why I brought it up. So thank you for sharing.
1: <laughs> You're welcome.
0: So how does intuition come to you, Shelley?
1: Well, we had this chat, Heather, when when you reached out and said, I'd like you to be a part of the podcast. And, and I thought of, I, I put a lot of thought into that. So am I intuitive? And how does intuition come to me? And I actually Googled it in terms of looking at what the actual definition of in, intuition was, and, and the definition I landed on was the ability to understand something completely without conscious reasoning, which struck me as funny, because I think of myself as putting conscious reasoning into a lot of the things that I do.
0: Oh, and so, I, I find it, like, your process, I was like, wow, that 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 wasn't what I intended to do by asking you that question was put you on a research project but off you go like if that's how it's going to come but that's
1: what I do but if
0: it's going to come to you that way off you go go do that but I did preface please do not prep for this podcast it's not about (laughs) preparation because you prep for everything and I'm like please don't prep don't prep
1: no but the interesting thing Mm -hmm. and that I kept coming back to was I didn't say no I felt there's a reason why Heather is reaching out and asking me to do this so Heather sees something so I kept I kept thinking about it and and that's where I came to for me intuition is really that combination of both of those things in the way that I approach something because I approach it from that perspective of listening to what my gut is telling me so decisions are really made based on that combination of feeling as well as conscious reasoning or, or thinking about something and for me intuition is putting both of those things together of, of not just going with the conscious reasoning of the data that you're putting together or what you're thinking about, but also recognizing how you're feeling about it in that moment. As I thought about it further, that's a part of the type of, of training I do as well. Of a lot of the work that I'm doing now is around being purposeful. And to me, that's what leading with purpose or whether it be being very purposeful as you go into a meeting that you might have with a customer. Knowing exactly what your purpose is becomes really important, and it it is those elements of... How are you feeling in that moment? Or what is it that you want that other individual that you're either coaching or meeting with to be feeling? And what is it that they need to be thinking at the same time? Which are those two elements of being very purposeful in how you, you approach and you build relationships with people and you have conversations with people that have that, that purpose as part of them.
0: So I don't think people often think that thinking is involved in intuition but you know balancing those two if that's what gets you to where you're going then I think that's cool because you're not the only person on the planet that does this I'm sure this is why the podcast (laughs) (laughs) no well that's why the podcast is so important to me because it is to identify that there is almost as many ways to get intuition as there are people so you know, somebody else is going to resonate with this who hasn't resonated yet with what we've had other guests say because no other guest has said, Well, it's a combination for me. And so I appreciate you sharing that because it is, it is something that can be a combination of those two things. And sometimes collecting data is where you will get your intuitive feeling that this is right or this is wrong because something has run up against your gut so to speak and either resonated or doesn't resonate so great to hear you explain that because not everybody feels or does or sees or knows it's a combination so that's very cool
1: and what you say is so true and it really is listening to whether it be your head or your gut whatever you want to whatever whatever part of your body you're, you're focusing on of how how that feels and you landed on it when you said if it feels right. And I and, and to me that's really important of before you take action, it does have to feel right. You need to feel like you're doing the right thing in the right time and in the right way.
0: Well, and sometimes people don't identify that a hesitation or a doubt is because it's about one of those aspects and not the whole thing. True. Yeah, you know, or we'll have a hesitation or a doubt about about maybe a whole process, and then the process tweaks or comes at us in a different format, and it's like, oh, no, that's the way it feels better. And it was just possibly the timing wasn't right, but we didn't even know the timing was wrong.
1: Or the way that you approached it with that individual wasn't
0: mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. The dynamics of the group changed or whatever the case may right. be. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's where that whole acting with purpose becomes important because it may be the right thing and it may be the right time, but that's when you look at what is your overall intent, what is it that you want as a result, and then thinking about what's the right way to do it with that particular individual because the type of conversation that you might have with one person is going to need to be different have it with it with with someone else based on what their situation is how they feel and what really is going to work in terms of having something resonate with that person
0: mm-hmm. yeah well and it's that comes right back to the type of work that you do. So it's kind of cool that you have intuitively found the type of work you do based on the the way that you guide your life. To me, does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah, it does. Right? It does to me. Right? And people don't necessarily realize when uh, a job shift happens that it's an opportunity to dive into creating your own gig that totally resonates with you by following what feels right or what is intuitively laying out for you that you don't see yet does that make sense
1: it does and so i've been i've been doing this for 22 years of working for myself leading into my 23rd year of doing this and it has evolved you know what i'm doing today has has evolved based on the experience that I've gained, the people that I've that I've had the the opportunity and pleasure of working with, and that I've learned from, you know, I've, I've got to this point, and, and it it has been and will continue to be a, a journey of discovery, as as well as you know, building knowledge and and understanding, understanding more. Okay, this is this is what's really gonna resonate with people and and work for someone and that's how I've evolved not just myself as an individual but the types of of programs that I can I can bring forward working with my clients
0: Mm -hmm. well and you said one word in there and I went like oh and doesn't that align you use the word building and I (laughs) takes me right back to Habitat for Humanity where you are aligning with a purpose that is building a life or a house for an opportunity for another individual. And yet your work is about building relationships to build a foundation for companies to operate better. So those two just run parallel in uh, my crow on a wire observation of what's going on in your world in the 23 years that you've been doing this?
1: And it's not about, like, for example, with Habitat for Humanity. It's not just about the house, but what, what that house represents for the person that you're building it for.
0: Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. you know, when I remember when, when we built the house
1: in, in Africa, the one we were working on for, you know, this grandmother, again, who's raising her children who have passed away. She's raising their children. And they're living they're living in a township. And when we passed the, the keys over, when Suzanne passed the keys to this woman and she spoke to us, she talked about the fact that this house she knows if she has to go to the school to pick up one of her grandchildren and walk them home or she knows if she has a doctor's appointment to go to that she now has a door that locks and the kids and her mom are safe Mm -hmm. that she can she can leave them and they'll be safe and this was all about that the house itself was not about the rooms and the fact that it's you know, uh, more structurally found than what she was living in. It was that it had windows and it had a door and her family was safe. Mm-hmm. And so what we provided was more than just a house. It was her peace of mind. It was her being able to to sleep at night. It was more than bricks and mortar.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and that just underlines and highlights the different ways that we can serve people without even knowing the impact of what we're doing when we serve people so Uh it's huge and
1: that harkens back to to things that are moments from a work perspective where you're working with someone whether it be a training program or some other type of individual coaching or development and you have a conversation and you're not really, it, you're in the moment and you're, you're imparting what it was that you prepared but you never really know how, how that lands with someone until maybe a couple of years later someone reaches out and says, you know what, I remembered this, I, I took this away from from the program and it's made an impact in my life and you go wow that's why I do this Mm -hmm. and that's what that's what I really get from from what it is that I do and that's why I continue to do what I what I do and it doesn't feel like work to me because you're you're providing something and sometimes you think it's one thing but it turns out to be something totally different Based on that individual, where they are at that time, and what they really need.
0: Exactly. And that's where getting out of the way sometimes comes in, right? Mm hmm. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you so much, Shelley. This has been lovely. I'm really glad you agreed to say yes, even though you paused on the decision, because I think that people will take something from this. It's very valuable to realize that intuition can come different ways, and we don't know the impact of what we do say, be, no, sometimes, ever, and, and sometimes it does circle back and can be more, more profound than what we intended. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you, Heather. I appreciate it.
0: Until next time. Okay. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community.